Welcome to Relationship, where real-life couple Justin and Candace share their keeping it real perspective on the ins and outs of their personal and professional experiences, navigating the ups and downs of partnerships in life and business. They will also offer practical advice for maintaining strong, healthy, fun, and successful relationships in life and business. If you're ready for comedic and insightful exploration of life, love, law, business, and everything else in between, you're in the right place. Buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. Here are your hosts, Justin and Candace. All right, welcome to another episode of Relationship. Today, we have a truly dynamic duo with us. Maria Alexandra Garcia and Christian Lizgorski, a power couple who have seamlessly blended their personal and professional lives. Seamlessly. Interesting. Just like us. They are seamless. seamless. It's all seamless. That's what we just call the podcast, Seamless. Anyway, they are life partners and co-founders of a groundbreaking clothing brand that challenges gender norms and champions the belief that everyone should feel great in what they wear. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome. How are you? Thank you Thank for you. having How us. How are you? Thank Very you excited. Us. Well, I love chatting with you before we started the recording and the podcast, so I can't wait to dive in deep with you guys. Well, first, you know, tell us about your clothing brand, and then I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty with you guys and ask you all the pointed questions that everybody wants to know about running a business together um, when you're partners in life and business. So tell us a little bit about your clothing line. Uh, well, I launched Outplay nine years ago, May of 2014. It was not my first uh, bout with the garment industry. I've been in the garment industry for over 20 years. Uh, when we met, I was already in the garment industry. I was a bridal designer in my formal life and had been in that industry for, well, I, I, I made my first wedding gown when I was- For a lot of years. Yeah, for, I would, for yeah, let's see how long. <laughs> I made my first wedding gown when I was 14. So- and Oh, wow. Was, yeah, so it, it had been, that's what I had done my entire life. Uh, so we we had my namesake line, which was a bridal line, uh, and then 2008 hit. So let's just skip over that. And I, I wanted to do something a lot more meaningful with what I was doing. And I, I have a crazy passion for making clothing. So I went through several pivots and came to, let's say, the realization of how there are so many people in the world who don't, that are being uh, ignored by the industry completely and that they don't have an option to go to a store and just buy what they want to wear. They always had to do some kind of adjusting or tailoring. And I started to discover there are a lot of people harming their own bodies in order to look the way they wanted to look uh, and the way they wanted to present themselves to the world. So that's kind of how Outplay started. And uh, Christian and I had worked together before when we had my namesake line. Uh, we worked together then. And then he kind of went off and did his own thing. He uh, He's a self-taught UI UX designer and programmer. So he went and kind of do, did that. And for the first almost six and a half years of Outplay, he was doing his thing. And Outplay was just kind of growing slowly. Well, it was kind of growing pretty quickly, but it was, I was keeping it. Well, you were doing it by I yourself. I was doing it all by myself. Yeah. So it wasn't, uh, and we weren't putting any money into it. Any, it was just whatever came in was put reinvested. And then year six, six and a half, you know, he said, why aren't we taking this a little more seriously and making a bigger impact? 
Uh, so so we, I decided to join in November of 2019. Yeah, right before the pandemic. <laughs> right, yeah. And then uh, the idea was like, okay, let's scale the business and let's bring this initial idea of you helping people with this compressional framework to massive scale. So let's scale the company, let's invest in ads, let's invest in, in social ads, email marketing. And we kind of like uh, started putting a little bit of money into ads and then the pandemic came. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and nobody wants to buy somewhere. No, actually, locked in their house. Actually, we just hired. That was 2019. We just hired an agency to start doing the ads. Pandemic hit, and he was like, "Okay, Wes, I guess that you guys are gonna kind of like uh, not invest anymore." Like, no, no, no. Let's continue doing this because if we're gonna invest in money in the in the company, let's do that now. Right. Yeah, it actually worked out because when lockdowns when there were no lockdowns anymore, people were so desperate yes. to go out and, you know, go outside and be in swimwear and activewear. We grew really, really yeah. fast. So oh, we that's amazing. From, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So we went from being like a tiny, small company. I mean, we're still tiny. <laughs> oh, but tiny, <laughs> tiny small tiny company year. from my only money time doing it to... Yeah, to starting to build a team and yeah. actually creating a lot more products. Uh, well, and, well, and a lot of mistakes in the in the process. Well, that we're going to get to that. So, first of all, how long have you guys now been in business together? Since wait, it said November twelfth. Oh, What's the math? Together? No, together. Together, together we've been business in business. We've had several businesses that yes. we built together in the past, but this with this business without play. Uh, we've been in business officially together since Nove- November, October, November, October of 2019. Got it. Now, before I want you to take a step back and actually be really descriptive so that I, the audience, whomever out there is listening, can really understand, because that is what I think is so important with your line. You saw a problem where there was, you know, a, a certain person or a certain mindset of people, whether it's women, men that weren't comfortable in, you know, the clothes that was whatever they had access to, whatever exists, you know, at or existed at that time. What you weren't as descriptive. Tell me specifically what you were actually seeing, like so well, that people really understand the, you know, what it is that you were trying to achieve and what the problem was. You mentioned it very loosely and vaguely, but I really want people to understand what you're doing. Well, one of the reasons why I kind of brushed over it is because every time I really talk about it in detail, I end up crying because I, I'm really, really, really passionate about it. So I end up crying. Do you want me to tell it? <laughs> but it's okay. I'd probably cry anyway. Well, in the many pivots, uh, I created first a line, a clothing line that was wedding attire for the woman who didn't want to wear a dress. And it was geared towards the LGBTQ market for lesbian partners. And uh, so in order to create that that line, I, cre- I had several uh, focus groups that I worked with. And I would test the clothing on the people who came to these focus groups. And I, I would just sit there and listen as I try clothing on and they would sit in groups because I, you know, we maybe would have seven, eight, ten people there. And while I tried one something on one person, 
they'd all sit and talk and I would just listen. And as an ally to the LGBTQ market, the, the, the community, I, I can sympathize and I can, and I can kind of understand from the outside, but I had never really heard the pain points. And I just sat there and listened to these horror stories one after the other you see, there it goes. Um, some examples, like what are what are we talking? What are well? It was there were people who were trying to. They were more masculine presenting, and they wanted to look more masculine. And they would take their breasts or their chest, and they would either duct tape or use horrible things to to their on their on their chest to flatten their their chest, or, and they would cause not only harm to their skin. Uh, but it, it was internal harm. They were causing internal harm where there, I know of people who've had, who've worn binders, for example, who are, that are very dangerous and they've worn them for too long or for activities where they shouldn't wear them. And they've had secondary effects where for years down the road, even if they're not wearing them, they still have pain in certain areas, problems with certain organs. It, it's just really, really sad. And, and I felt like, I kept hearing these stories of people who've been made fun of or uh, just, you know, ridiculed or just really feel left out because they can't go to a store and just buy whatever they want because it doesn't quite fit because it, it isn't who they want to represent themselves as to the rest of the world. Because one thing I say a lot is a lot of people think that clothing is very superficial and you know, that person, if you tell them you're going to take away everything from their closet and just give them a white t-shirt and a pair of jeans for the rest of their lives, they'll realize how important clothing is. Clothing is what we use to represent ourselves to the entire world. What 100%. we decide to wear is what tells the world if I'm confident, if I'm not, if I'm happy, if I'm not, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to go out, and, if I want to go out and have fun or it, that's what it tells a story and it tells a story about us. And when right. you don't have an option to find something that helps you tell your story, it affects you deep down yeah. because you don't have a way to express yourself like everybody else. And right. that's what I was seeing. People don't have a lot of people. There's a whole group of people who don't aren't listened to or aren't seen by the, uh, the garment industry as people who also want and should have an option to celebrate who they are, regardless of what they, you know, how they want to present themselves. Right. And it just really, really, I felt like there was a big hole and that I could use my talents in such a, you know, I always tell my kids, God gives us all a talent. And, you know, call it God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. We all have a talent. We all have a gift. And it is our responsibility to share it with the world and do the best we can with that gift. Yes. And for me, my gift is I create clothing and I can come up with really, really creative products. So I wanted to use my gift to help the people that need it the most in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's when I created, the first thing I created was our first swimwear compression top, which was, is the swimming, which is still our bestseller. And uh, down the road, we discovered also that women who've had mastectomies love our swimwear and our sportswear because of the compression, because of the cut. So not only are we helping people in the LGBT community, but we're also helping women who had double mastectomies or mastectomies in general. Right. So, so we keep discovering that we, we're helping more and more people with what we do, which is the whole point of what we do. You know, anytime I hear, and thank you so much for that, that was awesome. I love when I sit here today in 2023, 
still meeting people that are, have the ability to identify a void in the market because we're not in, in the 1800s where it's, you know, sometimes it's easy to come up with great new ideas because there's, you know, it's in the 1800s. Nothing has been done yet. So it's like, boom, boom, boom. The, the light bulbs are flashing. People are innovating. But to be able to do that now in 2023, especially in a market that, let's be clear, has is saturated. There's more than enough choices and designers and this and that and everything. I mean, there's just a, a wealth of access to so many different choices, even with shoes. I mean, forget about what you want to talk about, that for you to have identified something is quite extraordinary. So I wanted to acknowledge that and tell you that because I think it's awesome. Thank you. Um, but let's now go rewind. And let's now talk about you guys. All right. So Christian is now telling you, wait a second. Why aren't we, you know, this this is a, a an opportunity. Let's do this. Let's seize it. You guys decide to go in. Tell me the first roadblock. Tell me that that first <laughs> of, a, of, the, of the growing pains and, you know, the first hurdle that you guys had to tackle as well, a couple in, in, in life and in business together. The first oh. one was the pandemic. Was it? I think it was. No, the- prior to that, uh, I would say that uh, the first time that even when you were doing uh, Outlet alone, mm-hmm. uh, the first one was uh, inventory issues. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of inventory There issues. was like a, a lot of inventory. She, she went to Colombia. But we manufacture all our products in Colombia in South America. Okay. So the first time was traveling to Colombia and well, finding somebody. Yeah, it, was, it was finding first a factory that a factory. understood what I was trying to Correct. create. And that was willing to work with somebody who was just starting. So I didn't need massive production yet. And imagine so was, that this is an industry where all the factories know each other. Yeah. The, entire, the, the whole industry, vendors, everybody knows, but they're not allowed to bring in new ideas because everybody, nowadays, every, not you, but everybody's a designer. Everybody has an idea about how to manufacture clothing. Everybody can develop well, a product. So you approach uh, these vendors, these factories, and they're like, oh, they're tired of hearing, they're tired of hearing these new ideas. Say that they can and there's a lot of new companies that uh, have great ideas, great products, and they run a production. And then after that, the company dies. So factories, regardless of uh, the, the country in the world that they're based at, uh, they're very adamant to start new with new companies. And it's, it's really hard to get them to so start. That was our first battle. Yeah, that was that is true. That is true. How did That's you overcome true. that? Oh, I'm very persistent. <laughs> I'm extremely yes, persistent. She's very persistent. Uh, and I found a factory that was crazy enough to start producing the product that I invented. And uh, they actually helped me make it sh- make make it tweak it enough to make it the perfect compression top you still work with that factory yes we do it's one of the factories that we work with yes we do you feel do. like do you feel like you are like family for life because they took the risks so to speak and believed in you and took that leap of faith like is it one of those like no matter i almost feel like you're if you're anything like me the person that's willing to like risk it for me and is willing to like lay it out for me. Like, I feel like I got you for life. Like no matter yeah. what you are grandfather. Yeah. 
Yeah, he always tells me that I'm a little too loyal. She's too loyal, <laughs> yes. But, you, you also, but here's the thing, Christian, you can't forget either. You can never forget the people that had your back, the people that believed in Completely you. Completely agree. But from a business standpoint, if they're not producing the way you yes, need to be producing at some point. And that's, that's something that. Yeah, that, is, that has been an issue. You asked us about our first not. huddle. That was the first huddle. The last huddle was that's we're having issues with the same vendor because quality control went a little bit. Actually, they're doubling size a couple of years ago Thanks, because Jeff. of us. And instead of uh, improving the quality control, they were having issues with quality control. So now we have issues with quality control of our products because of that relationship. So when wow. you're too loyal and you give a lot of uh, trust and loyalty to that vendor, and that vendor and the vendor takes up takes advantage of that, then I get it. I, I get I've it. Had, I've had to learn that lesson, and yes. he was right in that case. I am very loyal, and then I tend to not. I overlook certain things because of the loyalty. And it, yeah. But that's natural. That's yes. natural. That's 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 in business and in personal. You yeah. Know, so that's, yeah. You know, that's that's human nature. Yeah. So have you have you dealt with that? To, or are you still yes, in the yes. midst of dealing with that? No, no, we're actually dealing with it. I mean, we're currently dealing, we're currently dealing with it, but it's been dealt with in a way where we have other manufacturers that we're working with now. We've spoken direct, directly to them very, uh, very openly, very honest about the situation. And right. we've actually explained that if things don't change. We can't continue working with them regardless of how we started and how many years we've been working together. Now, do they acknowledge that there's a problem with the quality? No, or they, they think it looks great. And you're just like, no, it's not great. So yeah, you know, we, yeah. I've actually had to show them how our return rate has gone up because of these issues and how people, our customers have actually complained specifically about certain things. Got that it. Are not. Are it's coming from that specific factory. So you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Hate that. Don't you hate that word? Like, it, I guess it even happens in the business world. I hate it. My biggest pet peeve is when, let's say you have conflict with somebody and somebody's like, well, this is my truth. You know, you got your truth. And I I, got, I go, uh-uh. No, 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 no. There are a set of facts. Yes, you can't exactly. change the facts. Exactly. You might feel a certain way based upon the set of facts, right. but the facts don't change. Yeah. So don't exactly. give me the bullshit about you got your truth and I got, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. There's a set nope. of facts that are finite. You know, you can't. Right. Change yeah. those facts. And that becomes brother when when they're over they they over promise and under delivery. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So that yeah, that has been an issue, but we've had we've yeah, we've been dealing with that for yes. uh we we actually had for an a issue. Year now. Yeah, because last year there was product that were was supposed to be delivered by April and they delivered in September. Jeez. And oh, wow. our high season is hold on, hold on. starts in April. They were supposed to be swim where that was supposed to be delivered in April. In April. And they deliver in September, in September when you don't when swim sell. Yes, yeah, swimsuit season is over. And uh, when I first brought it up, she said, the owner of the factory said, that's not true. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I mean, you can go check emails and order dates and then shipping dates. And then we can talk. Yeah. Huh. You know, it's not my opinion. It's a fact. Right, so, right, right. So we've had to go to that extreme to say, okay, these are the facts. This is not my opinion. These are the facts. And, you know. <laughs> and they still go, well, this is our opinion. So yeah. that's great. <laughs> they keep saying, so, so the last, our last meeting with them was, okay, that is your opinion. But once this is done, 
we're going to reevaluate if we can continue working with you because of that. I've had to get to that point through these lessons and because I have his back saying, please, you need to be aware of these red flags. Right, right. It's affecting our business. Friendship is one thing. Our business is something else. 100%. Now, let me turn the spotlight on the two of you. So you've told us some of the hurdles that you had to, to go through from an extraneous standpoint of the manufacturers that you've had to deal with as a couple that's together, both life and now in business, what were some of the hurdles or, or, or issues or conflict that you guys had to deal with, you know, early on, and maybe you still might be dealing with some of them right now. I can think of one that is a constant thing. I am. Let it out. out. There's lots of constant (laughs) things. Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, I am crazy. I am really, really persistent, and I can be pretty hard-headed. And I am the type of person that if you can't just say, no, you can't do that, I need an explanation. I need a reasoning and an explanation. If you give me a real argument and I go, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. I see that point of view. Then I'll be fine with it. But if you just say, you can't do that, oh, you bet I'm going to do it. So he's he's had to learn to make sure not to say you can't do that, but actually give me full explanations. And then we can sit down and talk about it. And all of a sudden I'll say, okay, you're right. This is, I see your point. Let's see this. And then I'll, I'll be, I'll be okay with it. But there have been many times where he's just said, no, that's not, that's just not happening. And that's exactly where I'm going then. So that's, I think that's the, I I, I guess that's the biggest one. I would say that, uh, Fortunately, that's the only hurdle that we have in, in, in the business relationship and the marriage. So? Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> early on, we've been together for over 20 years, but early on, we kind of like uh, unknowingly knew our place within the, the yeah, we kinda, business world and then within and, the marriage. Yeah, I think we've always... So we don't have like, you do this and I do this. It, naturally, she knows that she's good at uh, certain tasks and I'm better at certain tasks. So I take over those tasks and she takes over those. You know, yeah, I think that you guys like, stay in your own lanes because you yeah. both already know yes. your strengths yes. and yes. weaknesses. And if you're anything like us, what I'm hearing from you is that your strengths are the other person's weaknesses yes. and vice versa. And by the way, I got I want to stop you for a second because when I heard the word crazy, I got excited because <laughs> we were we were talking. Uh, we actually had the fact. Do you guys have pets? Like yes. dogs. Yes. Okay, so you're familiar yes, with the, the Greenies? Are you familiar with the oh, Greenies? Yes. So yes. we interviewed the founders of Greenies. Mm-hmm. Um, it oh. was a lovely, lovely couple. Yeah, really great. And I, I think it was during that podcast that I said to them, you know, and I love it when people call me crazy because, or actually, I don't know if it was that podcast or maybe it was a different podcast, but I know I said to one of our guests, I love it when people call me crazy because if enough people call me crazy, I know I'm onto something pretty special. Oh yeah. I never and, take offense to that. <laughs> right. But it, but it was the Greenies founder that told me that one of the, the reasons and he, you know, and obviously, you know, Greenies was purchased by the Mars Corporation. So like, it's a, you know, it's a, it was a pretty big success, obviously. But one of the the key ingredients that he said to the, their level of, of success was his level of persistence. Yeah. He said he would work with so many different agricultural scientists to come up with the perfect ingredients. And, you know, he wanted to, you know, create these moldings and blah, blah, blah. And so many people would tell him no. Yeah, you're out of your mind. You're that's out of your hard. mind. And he goes, uh-uh. Yeah, you can't tell her no. If you, you tell her no. And that's what he said. That's exactly what he said. He goes, 
watch me. Yeah. And he yeah. has now paved the way yeah. for for well, kind of treat mold, you know, like he's he's quite well, he's just quite like I think about it, everybody thought Edison was crazy when he was coming up with a light bulb, you know, like yeah. a, or, or, you know. I, I called her crazy. Oh yeah. yes. I, did, I called her crazy. I didn't say she was stubborn. I said she's crazy. Yeah. And then she's crazy. But you need crazy. You need yeah. yes. crazy. You do. Yes. You do. It's not yes. especially in the But sometimes sometimes I'm like, no, no, you're going <laughs> too much. <laughs> Yeah, especially I think in the garment industry, I always say that you have to be a little kind of cuckoo because, for example, out of my own, my entire graduate, granted, I graduated from college many years ago, but out of my entire graduating class from my college, the only one still in the fashion industry is me because this industry is insane. It's so, tough. Yeah, yeah. So th that kind of proves that I am a little nuts, but. I wouldn't have it any other way because I think it would be boring if I weren't. That's what she tells me all the time. No, but it's it's no, but it's really important because, and I want to tell the audience this because I think that you know you you touched on something that uh, I think we should spend a little bit of time on only because you were on the same page as me before we started the recording, where I was, you know, you and I were talking about the fact that. I feel like everything out there is, whether it's a mastermind group or books or blogs or anything that's out there, everybody always wants to talk when they've reached a certain level of success. And you don't really hear about all the stuff in between. And you, you know, you were so kind to share with me that, you know, of all the books that you've read, there's only one that you felt that was giving you some type of raw, practical, you know, scenarios that have happened on, on the failures or the trials and the tribulations. And people don't, I don't think people understand, you know, I see too many people now that are so lost and they so badly want to make it, you know? And yeah. so, and they do, they go about it the wrong way where they think about the money-making aspect of something and where they, and, and that's how they make their decision or, or decide on where they land rather than coming from a place of finding what your passion is. Because if you're passionate about something, then you believe in it. If you believe in something, you have a lot of pride and you have the grit and the staying power to be persistent. Because truth of the matter is, let's, Mary Alexander, uh, let's say, let's say you, I said to you, you know what? Take one week off of your work and I want you to go out and I want you to sell uh, wooden puzzle pieces. You'd be like, you'd be like, no, you could have the best work ethic in the world, but you're not passionate about it. So if you come across different failures in that, you're going to be like, all right, I'm giving up. I, I, I need the quick fix. I need the quick money making, you know, scenario. Yeah. That's why I, I, I love what you do. You're obsessed about it. Totally. I, I, I differ with people who say that you shouldn't follow your passions because that's dangerous. I, I believe just the opposite. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur is so fucking hard. Yes. That if I didn't completely love what I do, yeah. I would have quit ages ago. Yeah. Um, I would have quit ages ago because right. this is, I mean, what we go through day to day and what we risk day to day for our business, you have, first of all, you got to be kind of nuts to do this. Because yeah. people think that, oh, you just started a business, open a Shopify store, and look how much money I made on my first day. 
bullshit. Get those ads because that is such bullshit. Yeah, and the ad is Mr. Beast. Yeah, of no. course, Mr. Beast. They, they have he has like 150 million subscribers. Okay, of but, course, okay, he's going to work. Okay, but he didn't start yesterday. That's what people forget. But, 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 but excuse me. I'm going to go back. Yes, to, I have to excuse myself for a moment. Just no, no, I, I want to go back. To, continue. I just I just read. Uh, or listen to a Ed Sheeran interview, and he said that the present, the society, change and only celebrates successes. Yeah. And yes. when when did we stop celebrating failures? Because when we were kids, when we were learning how to walk, our parents would celebrate our failures so we can become successful. No, it's like, oh my God, again. you, you failed. You'll never walk. Stay there. You are a piece of crap. You'll never no. walk. Like, okay, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah. Until and you it's make the it. failures that teaches you yes. the most incredible lessons that oh keeps God. you moving forward. Like I, I, I always tell everybody, I've paid for probably four MBAs just for myself. No paper on the wall, no school I've been to, but I've paid for at least four MBAs with money I've scrumbled with, you know, with mistakes. And I've kept, have we paid for at least another four with you, maybe? No, come because on. Two, at least two. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we've made a crazy amount yeah. of mistakes and yes. very, expensive very expensive mistakes. But trust me, we don't make those mistakes again. Uh, and yeah. we've gotten better and better and better because of those mistakes. And we are where we are today. And we have a ways and, and, to go, but we are where we are today and, thanks to and, those mistakes. And you mentioned it. Nobody's nobody's teaching or telling other people like, hey, I failed. I did this. I yeah. spent this much money. I made this mistake and cost me this much money. Yeah. And then look at after 10 mistakes. Look, I made it. And I come for all those mistakes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We made a mistake that cost us like $10,000 in one day. Yeah. We hired a wrong agency. That cost some money. Yeah. So and, and and nobody's saying, hey, when you're gonna when you launch your product, when you become a coach, when you have an online business, when you when you're a lawyer and you go to your first trial and you you don't win your first trial. It's happened. Then- I mean, we have we have lost big. Yeah. We've had many wins and we've also lost. And any lawyer out there that says that, you know, they've never lost bullshit. Yeah, and the losses and the losses are paving the way so you can have yeah, more wins. Because 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 I always tell people when I you know when we when we start strategizing about cases, I my first question to my entire team is, let's first talk about how we're going to lose the case before we talk about how we're going to win the case. Because everybody's so focused on how do we win that they have blinders on. And then when you get sandbagged later on because you didn't think about how you were going to lose, then you're like, oh, I missed that. And thank God for our losses because now I have that perspective and now I'm able to say, all right, how are we going to lose this way? How are we going to lose this way? Let's deal with things from a holistic standpoint. Then we can talk about now how can we win? So it's it's no different, I think, for any other industry, you know, to do it that way. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Are there so now you guys have, you know, been in business for a bit of, a good bit of time and, you know, it's nice to hear that you guys, you know, are in that upward climb and, you know, you went from this itty bitty thing to, you know, now you're growing, now you're scaling. What would you say for a business that you're 
is it I don't want to I don't want to mischaracterize, but is it safe to say that you're kind of out of like the red zone, like you're you're in a comfortable spot of growth? No, 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 I wouldn't say that. No, no, we made some serious mistakes last year. We grew really, really fast. Got it. Uh, in 2021 and part of 2022, we grew too fast for what we were ready for. Got and it. We made a series of mistakes last year that are costing us quite a bit this year so we're but we've learned so much from those mistakes that we're taking steps back and making things making sure that our foundation is really really strong to move forward Uh, if you had to categorize those mistakes because i don't want to put you on the spot and say okay tell me all the you know the mistakes if unless you want to not if you want yeah but but, but what but what are the mistakes that you could, let's say, generalize, because the truth is not everybody listening in, listening to the podcast is gonna be in your industry. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if you can look at all of the mistakes that you learned that you're dealing with now that you, you know, that you went through in 2021 and you were, if you could kind of generalize it in a way that could apply to any industry out there, what would you say were those mistakes? Was it you didn't have the right systems in place or is it that you didn't have the right manpower? What would you say? I think, about? I think for me, we have it my biggest, I think my biggest issue that led to the mistakes I made last year, because we have mistakes that I made, mistakes he made, mistakes that we made together. The biggest issue I had was self-worth. That was my biggest issue. And it caused every single mistake I made last year was my own self-worth. That now, is- but give me an example, because our imaginations are all flying. And we're okay, like, I'm, what I'm, I'm going to give you examples because I, am, I can make them tangible uh not vetting the right vendors at the right time and believing that uh somebody else always knows correct, more than believing you. that somebody else knows more than you making not like basically not doing the due diligence um not having the right systems in place to prevent when you scale too big the house of cards falls not only not having the systems in place but the shiny new toy or we're in the tech industry. We have a clothing brand, but basically we have a it's a, yeah. it's a tech industry company because everything is online with DTC. Uh, so the, the, the tech, tech stack got really big. We have also. to have the good uh, customer service and then you go and hire the this shiny new company that has all the process and integrate perfectly with your platform. And then you have the, the review system and you have the work system. And then you, and those are the small increments in cost. And then when you add them up, it's like, oh, I'm spending a lot of money in this tech stack that I'm not taking advantage of. And it's costing me a lot of uh, time to be able to develop because I don't have a system in place. Got it. So, got it, got and, it. And not having that relationship with the vendor that if you don't comply with what you promise, I'm not doing it anymore. Or kind of like trusting a lot of... And in my case, that goes back to self-worth. So not believing that you know what you know. Yeah. Got it. Leads, leads, leads you to a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I think... That costs a lot of money. I think, in, it, like, deep down, I think that's the biggest lesson we've gotten in the last year well, and a half. To me, one one mistake, hiring the wrong agency, had a negative impact on our revenue. We had a 35% loss in our revenue because of that mistake. And that mistake comes from... 
Yeah. Wait, what was wait? What was that mistake? Like, oh, we, we, we hired we hired a agency. We she's part of a, a business coaching group. Yeah. So one of the members of that group was uh, had a had a well, has, has an agency has an agency paid and, agency. And we went we went from a small one person team handling our our PPC ads. Or all our PPC, which 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 was doing great, by the way. I mean, mm. uh, amazingly well. But it was just one person, so we got to we one where we outgrew the person. So we decided, okay, I think it's time for an agency. And vetting right. the agency, well, you know, he was in my coaching group. You know, we've known each other. We go to these events, and hey, well, you sound like me. Yeah, been there and done that. Yeah, so we didn't have the system in place to actually vet the the vendor. Yeah. And then we had the issue where they must know more than us. Yes. That's what they do. But we see these red flags, but they must know what they're doing more than we do. So we yep. keep, we kept letting it. Got up. it. Got it. I think and a then, lot of people it's are. All trial and error anyway yeah. with all these agencies. Well, I wouldn't say trial and error. I, I mean, this was, just like, error. It was a big mistake. We were, we were, before we hired them, we were 115% in sales above the year before. Within 12 days of handing over our account to them, we were 85% below last year. Wow. That's yeah. how drastic so, it was. And we didn't yeah. which is the worst part. Yeah. We, um, we, is this agency still a business? Yes, yes, they are. And 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 again, not having the, the right systems in place. We, when they assigned the team, the team was overseas. And our, our market is... And our market is very particular. Yeah, it's so very, very So no niche. overseas team would know the culture of the LGBTQ plus market in the U.S. Yeah. Got Correct. it, got it, got it. So, and and I think that they handled the account to a... They handed the account to a Somebody very junior. And when you, messes, when you mess with the Google algorithm and Google Ads... Uh, the, it gets very the algorithm very doesn't fast. like it, so they did fourteen changes, fourteen hundred changes in a matter of uh, ten days. Oh wow! The entire account. Yeah, it was. It and was so, we're still I'm, making. We're still paying for yeah, that. For an online business that relies heavily on Google Ads or paid ads, that's a big mistake. It was devastating. It was. Have you find the right people to? Not yet. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, I will when we when we get off because I'm not here to badmouth or plug anybody that is not sitting here in this space other than you guys. But when we get off, I will share with you um, our people, and they have done nothing but wonders. And I will explain to you. You can do the vetting process yourself because I am probably the least trusting person in the world. So it's you know. So I, I have my own assessment, all that kind of stuff. But back to you, because, you know, we do have a time limit here and I don't want to spend this time talking about something that we can talk when we, you know, stop the podcast. But so now you're in kind of, you know, repair mode of, OK, let's regroup. Let's regroup. Let's, you know, stand in solidarity. Let's not let 2021 affect us. Um, we're, you know, we're going strong and let's just move ahead. We've learned the lessons. Let's go. So where, where, where are you guys now? Where, you know, what's the trajectory? Um, and, and don't forget, and you can do it in any order. Let's also hear where we can find you. So 
Uh, well, right now, what we've decided to do, which was very painful for me, but he was right. Uh, we were scaling back on the products that we're offering. Uh, we grew too fast also in the sense that we were offering a lot of products and different variety of products. And so we're scaling that back. So we're getting rid of everything that is not our core products, which are our compression wear. And so everything, joggers, sweat, sweaters, sweatpants, all that, that's all going away. And so we have a massive sale going on there. And we're going back to what we're really, really good at, which is compression. And uh, it took me about two years, but we just developed a really cool fabric that we developed specifically for us and our needs. And we've, we're making really, really great, comfortable products with this fabric. And it's non-toxic. It's really good for the environment. I mean, it's not as harmful for the environment. The sportswear is harmful no matter what we do. But uh, it's got all these advantages and I, I wear it a lot. It's very comfortable. And so we're scaling back. We're doing what he kept telling me. We got to do what Steve Jobs did when he came back to Apple. Bring it down to the core. So that's what we're doing. Following Steve Jobs' steps and bringing, going back to our core, going to what we're really good at, what we're really known for, and then going to concentrate there and grow from there. Uh, and uh, it's all on our website, which is shopoutplay.com. Uh, and all on social, all our social channels are Outplay brand. Uh, because Outplay, there's a company that does uh, video games. games in Europe. Well, now they're, they're like a, they're, so, they're like five different companies. That yeah, now the name out. Yeah, uh, apparently now the word Outplay is popular for companies. But uh, so on social, uh, Outplay is a, a, a video game company. So we're Outplay brand on social media. So we're going back to our basics, to our core, and and it's, I, I'm actually sleeping so much better since we made that decision. And it's our customers are really happy about it too. Really, and actually, this this product that she created and she invented was the, the direct result from all the learning sets. Yeah, from all these mistakes. All mistakes. For this so, yeah, so something amazing came up from those mistakes. Yeah, I love I love to hear that. I love absolutely loving hearing that. Where can we find you guys? Well, uh, besides your, our, your website, your social media handles, everything. Okay, there you go. Social media. All our social, all, all our uh, social media. Brands, yeah, all our social media is Outplay Brand. Got uh, it. And then for, well, I, do you use your social? He barely is on no, social. I have on Instagram, my is uh, uh, Maria Alexandra underscore official. That's where I have all my my stuff wait can you say that wait what was it it's marie alexandra underscore official underscore official okay got it got it got it so if in closing where you're at right now what would you say is the i know we've talked about so many lessons that you learned we haven't even touched the surface on all of the different you know the the mistakes or the failures that you you know went through but if I were to say at this juncture of your life, because this is how we always like to end the podcast with our guests, what would you say is the biggest, biggest lesson learned and takeaway? You want to start? I guess for me has been really learning to give myself credit for what I do know and the experience that I have. And uh, I think that's, that's that I really do know what I know. That uh, there's so much more for me to learn, and I don't know everything, but what I do know, I know. And I, I've learned to give myself credit for that and accept that, which has been really hard for me. I mean, that sounds ridiculous that it sounds hard, that it's so hard, but it is. It's been really, really hard for me. So 
And that, I think that's the biggest lesson. I think the biggest lesson is very simple. And I'm going to say, everybody says that it's simple. It's not easy to do, but it's very simple. It's like discipline and consistency and congruency, small steps every single day. And being better, 1% better every single day takes you to success. And it's a long, t- it's a long tail game. It's, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. So it sounds really good. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have. It is true. You're going to have increases in sales, decreases in sales. You're going to make mistakes. Make again. mistakes. You can, might be out of bankrupt or out of business. But as long as you keep doing everything consistently with discipline and consistency, eventually you, you, you'll make it. Yeah. And I think it's extremely important for you to look back and learn from your mistakes and not just consider them failures. They're not failures unless you didn't learn from them. Right. So I think that that's one of the things that we've really been, we've usually been really good about that. But I think we've gotten really good at that in the last year is, you know, like the gap in the game. We've really stopped looking at the gap and really looking back at the gain and really looking at how things have happened to, for us and not to us and how we can learn from everything yeah. that we've that we've gone through. And honesty and communication in the relationship is crucial. Well, yeah. That that's what yeah, that has been that has been the most yes. um common answer that we get from people is the communication yeah. is yes. Extremely yeah. important. Yeah, because it's obviously, you don't have communication. I mean, how can you we spend twenty four hours a day together, seven days a week. We don't do anything unless we're together. It's kind of sickening for a lot of people that don't that aren't like us. That's us. They say, that's us. That's us. No, yeah, that's us. But we love it. Like, we, we really enjoy being with yes. each other. We, yeah, we do too. But the way the reason why I think that works so well is because we are so honest with each other. Yeah. And our communication is so incredibly like open and and it's always yeah. there. Like that is our number one priority is making sure that we're always communicating how we feel, what we're doing, what we're thinking all the time. And that reflects on the business as yeah. well. So I, it, it reflects on the business and on our marriage, right. on everything. Tremendously. It's important because we have, because we've now interviewed a good amount of, you know, partners in, in, in life and in business, like, we had a, an earlier a, earlier podcast where they couldn't work together. They they couldn't work together because they they instead of looking at the intent behind what was being communicated, you know, when one person wanted to communicate, the other wanted to shut down because they just weren't, you know, they weren't gelling in even the communication time period. So while one person is on, one person yeah. is off, and, and you know, and yeah, so yeah. yeah I, I agree with you that it's not only about communicating, but communicating honestly, because yes. we've also met people where they do communicate and it's they're, you know, watching what they're saying with each other. I'm like, oh, how no. are you fucking watching no. what no, you're no, no. saying when you're with somebody in both business and yeah, you know, yeah, you're no, not no. moving forward because you're not saying what needs to be said. Right. And then how are you going to solve problems? Because right. it happens. Or you're brushing things under the rug, and so one person is stewing silently or yeah, resenting no. because so. No, I agree with you guys a million percent on that. I appreciate your time. This has been, you know, so great. Thank you for, you know, being our guest on Relationship. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Don't miss next week's episode for more relatable, real, and practical insights from Relationship, packed with even more candid conversations. 
So make sure to subscribe, tune in, and keep your wine glass full. And if you want to share your own experience or ask a question, follow us on social media and feel free to reach out. Go to CernitzLaw.com, call 888-68-DAMAGE, or email us at cshanbraun at CernitzLaw.com or jcernitz at cernitzlaw.com.